This is Cheo Hodari Coker, the creator, showrunner, and executive producer of Marvel's Luke Cage. You're listening to TV Podcast Industries, formerly known as the Defenders TV Podcast. Hello, fellow Academy alumni. We're here for a feedback episode. We were trying to work out how to do this uh, as we've been podcasting a little bit ahead of time. And your feedback for the episodes have been coming in at kind of different times as we've been going. So what we've decided to do is do a feedback episode halfway through the season and then a final feedback episode after the season's over. So what we're going to talk about in this episode is the feedback on episodes one to five that we've received so far. I'm one of your hosts, Derek, if you don't remember. <laughs> I'm also one of your hosts, Chris. In case you don't remember. And triangulating ourselves, I am one of your other hosts, John. <laughs> triangulate, I like it, I like it. A uh, little nautical term there, probably. I suppose. <laughs> or military term, maybe. <laughs> Scientific? Scientific. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Let's we'll, do that. we'll leave with that. G- GPS. Yes, yes. So we are calling this section, because it's the Umbrella Academy and there's lots of time travel, we're going to call this section the Messages from the Past. You send us your messages and what you thought about every episode of the season, and we'll talk about them on these episodes, our feedback episodes. If you want to send in any thoughts about the rest of the season from episode five all the way to the end, or any episodes that you've watched, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop into our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, and you can pop into any of the spoiler posts uh, that we have there for each of the episodes of Umbrella Academy and leave your thoughts on there. Yeah, and if you want to hear your voice with your thoughts uh, on the podcast, you can record a clip of yourself on your phone and email it to us at the same email address, feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, or go over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and you can record up to 90 seconds of your thoughts about the week's episode. Just go to the tab on the right-hand side of the screen and Mm -hmm. leave your thoughts there uh, in audio for us to replay on this feedback episode uh, with your message from the past. There you go. There you go. As I said, we'll do the next feedback episode after we've released the last episode. And we'll also announce the winner of our pub quiz uh, that we've been doing on each individual episode that we've discussed. But if you want to get the full list of questions for our pub quiz, you can also go over to tvpodcastindustries.com slash UA pub quiz and all the questions will pop up there as we release the episodes. Let's kick off our feedback with a voicemail from the wonderful Steve Brown. Hey guys, it's Steve and I just finished watching episode one of the Umbrella Academy season two and wow, uh, wide an opening. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these stories play out when our our main characters come back together, and that that's opening scene or that scene where when Five arrives in 1963 and he sees all of them fighting with the the U.S. forces, that's going to be interesting to see if that plays out again or if Number Five's presence now earlier in the timeline stops all that from happening. Um, you know, it, it really looked like they had been with the U S government for a while at that point, but I guess they hadn't. So, uh, I haven't listened to y'all's podcast over episode one yet. I will be uh, doing that here soon. And I, uh, really appreciate, uh, you guys again, your podcast is great. And I love sending in your, the voicemails to you. 
I think I'm going to be a little behind because it looks like you guys got uh, some early access to some of the, the episodes, I guess, and you're going to be podcasting, combining some episodes together and stuff. But uh, I'm only going to be doing one episode a week, so uh, you might hear from me sporadically instead of uh, every podcast. Okay, uh, love the pub quiz questions. Keep them coming. Uh, and again, can't wait to hear it. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Steve. We love your feedback as well. We love hearing your voicemails uh, on the podcast. If you want to hear Steve's thoughts about every individual episode of the show, he's covering them over on Panels to Pixels, his podcast as well. I've heard the first episode, really good chats over there about uh, about the show. Uh, always good to get more perspectives on uh, on a show like this. That's uh, that's really interesting, really good fun. Um, we're a couple of episodes in to the show, but yeah, I think the intention of what was shown in that first episode is that, yeah, it seems like they all come together in like 10, 15 days really and start working for the government and have uh, this massive apocalyptic moment uh, in that episode which uh, will hopefully be stopped over the course of the season right that's kind of the plan that we're expecting to happen but it does seem really quick from that opening episode that all of this team would get together since none of them knew each other uh, we're what four or five episodes into the show now none of them knew where each other were before five arrived so that gave them what 10 days to uh, cause the apocalypse come together and cause the apocalypse so i suppose it probably does seem very fast doesn't it yeah um it, it's going to be that avenger style moment is such a significant kind of lodestone for this opening salvo if you want to call it that and i think it's going to be interesting to see towards the season finale do we get a similar mm-hmm. like over the the remaining episodes that we have ahead of us do we get that that avenger style moment and mm-hmm. uh, like if not i'm fine we got an episode one that's fine but i'd love to see i said does that avenger style moment change now that five's messing with the timey-wimey yeah exactly yeah absolutely um yeah i think it's it is a really great opening um and it's a nice uh, way as a refresher to all these characters as well, just seeing all their skills on offer in that Avengers style opening and also then just reconnecting with these characters through the course of this first episode is, is really good, uh, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Steve for, for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got some Facebook feedback, um, over on our group from Bob Phillips for episode one. What an opening scene. Perfect reintroduction. And I loved only Diego managing the superhero landing. Mm -hmm. The refresh into the 60s has a lovely way of reframing each of the characters. They're clearly the same, but the context means we can explore quite different aspects and see how they might have grown in an alternative Petri dish. Except Klaus where we just get more Klausness, uh, absolutely. Um, but we loved Klaus. Um, it, his, his irreverence is refreshing, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see that he is effectively blagging his way um, as a guru yeah. uh, in, uh, across the 60s. Um, and uh, and the, those adventures of him effectively, I suppose, introducing or reaffirming a a new philosophy into the world uh, all through Klaus's own uh, unique view. Of course. Um, but I, I agree. It's having them separate as well in these moments um, is really interesting, as you say, uh, about how they um, are, are slightly different from being 
all six of them in the academy back from the first season. Yeah, yeah thanks, exactly. Bob. Yeah, yeah, I really like that idea, the alternative Petri dish. Thanks so much for that, Bob. Yes, thank you so much, Bob. So, gentlemen, moving on, we have feedback on Facebook for episode two. First up on the chopping block, we have Doug Green, who says, who knew TLC were the keepers of great wisdom? <laughs> well, Doug, Absolutely. I will say I did, because don't go chasing those waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Listen to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. They also told us to keep away from scrubs, didn't they? So, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was bad wisdom, because that was a great TV show. Yes, it was. <laughs> the TV show was very good, yes. And to be honest, I loved that TLC moment from Klaus, uh-huh. um, because, yeah, great, great idea. Loved it. Absolutely. <laughs> I just want to see what other the other little s- snippets we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is this, 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 this going to be like, I don't know. The pearls of wisdom from other um, songs from the 90s. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, even two th- early 2000s. All the, uh, yeah. Beyonce going, like, put a ring on it type of thing. And you have Klaus doing, uh, 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 <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, he might not give away. Yeah. Um, actually, even by your... Uh, version of that song you might not give away that that was a song Um, and and that could be that could be a little dodgy with klaus in his sect um a little david koreshi (laughs) maybe maybe yes we also got some feedback from jeff childs who says the soundtrack is really good this season Mm -hmm. yep as i said uh, tlc maybe some beyonce no uh joking aside yeah no the soundtrack is some of the best we saw it was a real highlight in season one Mm -hmm. and I'm glad to see that they were able to keep up with that. Um, and it's really, it's maintained throughout episodes one to five that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, really good soundtrack this season. I'm sure it's uh, going to be played a lot on Spotify. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, Bob Phillips shares his thoughts on episode two. He says, Brolly Dolly's ahoy. I too maintain my purity for this episode and was not driven by a sense of moral purpose but needed to board a plane. Uh, a smoking goldfish, even if it's basically assassination as a service delivered, surely it would be great to have AJ as a boss. <laughs> uh, is very attractive. Who doesn't appreciate a hot English crazy lady who can hotwire cars and do a pedicure? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, the ultimate package. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bob says, I'd assumed Vanya was faking her amnesia and the twist to see it was real was quite a surprise. Great to see her and Sissy just gals being pals before she rushed off to meet Luther, I guess. The spooky umbrella unfactory and the creation of Pogo were beautifully done. Proper creepy 60s psychology experiment stuff. Getting chimps to talk. The Stanford prison experiment, maybe? All the build, all this building into the weird mix where there's just enough reality to make it scary. So that's kind of the premise of Umbrella Academy, isn't it? It's kind of that idea of just a bit of a curve off reality. Obviously, they've all got superpowers, but they are taking elements of things that went on in the real world and incorporating them into the storyline. Um, yeah, which definitely like. Thanks very much for that, Bob. Yeah, those creepy psychology experiments. Um, it is. It's so reminiscent of that. And I, I just loved that in this episode. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if we have smoking goldfish managers, uh, next, <laughs> it will be human mouthed canines and, oh, no. um, Maybe upside down kind of potato head kind of uh, people as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of all, I'm trying to think of all those weird and wonderful things. Uh, it could be dancing Evian babies as well. Who knows? Yes. 
I will say that it is 2020. Anything is possible. If I walked into the office into early 2021 and I was greeted by a goldfish overlord boss, I, yeah, yeah, it's on, it's on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is on track for 2020. It really is. I can't believe you suggested dogs with mouths though, John. That's the thing that freaks you out most. It does. That's why I suggested it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'd be joining their team. No. I think you might join AJ like, like Chris would. AJ would be great. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next piece of feedback. Once again, Steve Brown gives us his thoughts on episode two of season two. Hey, TV podcast industries. This is Steve. This is for Umbrella Academy season two, episode two, uh, the Frankel footage. And, uh, I've only watched it once and I'm, I, it was, it was actually yesterday morning, uh, when I watched it. And so I'm trying to remember, but I want to get all this feedback in to you guys before I start. My extra watches for my podcast, and uh, I just really, again, this season is really is really good. I'm I'm torn because it's it's I want so much to go ahead and, and watch and watch more, but I'm also uh, intrigued enough by the story that I want to kind of slowly digest it and not jump ahead. So I know that sounds weird. But, uh, for me, the big, the big point from this, this episode that I thought was, was really, really interesting and really cool is apparently Allison's current husband has no idea about her power. So I wonder, you know, we don't know if she used it on him, but it, it would seem like maybe he doesn't, uh, that she didn't use her power on him because he doesn't know what that means when she says, I heard a rumor and, you know, she started to do that with the cops. And this uh, is so poignant or relevant with today's, with what's going on as well today that it's almost uh, interesting that you, you figure this, this had to be fil- written and filmed, you know, sometime last year or early this year where some of these things, maybe they just could see that it was going to be happening. Uh, and, uh, um, so entertainment is reflecting society or society reflecting entertainment, the, the big question. All right. I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve, for that. Yeah. And um, for sure, I think, um, I think we feel like we have hit uh, a number of, uh, shows that we've covered that seem to have just had that moment where it seems uncanny that you, you have, it being addressed in, in a very different way for um, within the the shows that we cover. I think this is the case in point for um, this this episode of, of Umbrella Academy, and and similarly with um, the City of Angels, Penny Dreadful that mm-hmm. we just covered. And um, so it, you know, the, there's there's a lot of this, um, and of course because. Um, it's important to discuss and all these different mediums, uh, it makes it really, um, sort of digestible for people as well to get that different take just other than from the news. It, it spreads that, uh, message. But yeah, it's, uh, it's really great, uh, season, uh, and it's a great episode as well. Yeah, definitely. And yes, we all always feel everybody's paying when they're watching Netflix shows and trying to keep on board with just one episode a week or one episode at a time even, (laughs) which is what we always try to do as well. So uh, hopefully you've been enjoying our podcast about it as well as much as you're enjoying recording your own. (laughs) Um, John, do you want to take us on with the next bit of feedback on episode three? Yes, for episode three over on our Facebook group, Jeff Charles says... 
Uh, Ray seems like a really calm, reasonable man, but his reaction to Allison seemed out of character. I understand being confused, maybe even angry and wanting an explanation. He ran away like she was a monster. She just saved his life. Um, yeah, thanks, Jeff, for that. I must say, I, I felt a bit the same, um, that it was a little overreaction. Um, maybe for different reasons, in that I didn't really get the sense that he had heard her attempt that uh, with the two cops that had come to their house uh, earlier on. I think looking back, he, he certainly did. But still, I think, um, you know, what we see is that he he really does kind of like try to keep her then at arm's length. Like yeah. she, uh, in the next few episodes, has to go a looking for him, uh, really, mm-hmm. uh, which does uh, seem strange. But uh, I think we, we get a slight uh, explanation for this in that he feels that she has undermined the group and is potentially an operative either for the FBI or for the local Dallas PD. I think um, not knowing that superheroes' powers exist or superpowers exist, trying to piece it together in his mind is this woman I've been married to for a year just walked up to that guy and said, stop beating him, and he walked away. And there's no superpowers in the world, so he's kind of going, well, she must have a secret that she's hiding. Yeah, she, absolutely. You know, it just that's the kind of way I would say he's piecing it together, you know. Uh, does he know her enough? Does he know about her enough? And there's been questions also from the last couple of episodes about all of these brothers that he's been meeting, basically, and all these new family members he's being introduced to. Maybe he's that's also undercutting his thoughts that he doesn't know this woman that he's been married to for a year. Yeah. 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 No, 100%. We also got feedback from Bob Phillips, who on this episode, who said, it's all coming apart at the seams, apart from Five, and Ben, and maybe Vanya. <laughs> but apart from that, love, even the incestuous bad attraction of Luther, who does not deserve romantic musical accompaniment, <laughs> is unraveling the other four. And I was half expecting Vanya to do the same with Sissy and Lila. Why are all characters with English accents evil? <laughs> well, Bob, it is a little-known Hollywood fact that in 1962, <laughs> there was an accord made with the Screenwriters Guild and the Actors Guild to say that if you were to play a supervillain, it had to have been with an English accent. And over time, that has become and grown to become this beautiful kind of unknown secret pact <laughs> that if you are going to play an evil character you're going to be British um, little similar to if you're going to play a drunk you're going to be Irish or well, if yeah. you're going to swear a lot you're going to be Scottish or, or it's, it's the fun thing to do with stereotypes yeah. and cliches and dare I even say for those who listen to any of our other 500 podcasts could it be a trope Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I blame Bond. I still blame Bond for that, even though Bond is an upper class British guy himself. I think because his bad guys were always British or British actors or Russian, but usually British actors playing Russian. <laughs> so well, that's, that's true. That's true. Bad I think because of that, I think a lot of American productions go get a British guy for this role, <laughs> get a British yeah. woman for this role. Definitely. Uh, thanks so much for that, Bob. Uh, over on. Our Facebook group, once again, moving on to episode four. Jeff Childs simply says, where does Luther find shirts that fit him? (laughs) (laughs) 
Mifflin large stores, <laughs> I'm assuming. I don't know where yeah. he kind of buys seven and just kind of starts putting them together. Yeah, because I'm not too sure whether there there was such a size. I mean, now you have what XXXXXXXXL, yeah. I suppose, and uh, it would be no problem today. Well, surely some people. But back massive. then, I think it literally was maybe an extra large at most, custom made. Maybe that was that's why he was living in such a small. A house, all of his money made on someone custom making his shirts for him. Maybe that was it. That's true. Tailors were more of a thing than they are now. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, Bob Phillips on episode four says, So Leela really didn't tell all fibs, just omitted finer details, mm-hmm. as five did with Leela. This abiding attraction and the commission to protect, to serve, are an interesting twist. Are they going to end up with an eighth helper? Is she the Echo of Hazel? Mm, Really, really good. And OMG, continues Robert, Vanya can bring life and really love the bluish lipstick of the drowned Harlan. So rare to see the cyanotic touches in drama. Um, The whole of this storyline with her and Sissy is so lovely and such a beautiful reflection of the queer bashing of Klaus and actually... Dave in a self-destructive way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that story evolves yeah. with Dave and the changes that that will happen. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's important in the show. You know, they're not. I, I don't think they're trying to put forth a bad impression, or they're they're really trying to explore what was going on in the sixties uh, for homosexuals and for anybody in that community uh, at the time you know we've been around for centuries so there are experiences that will have been going on in the 60s to people just like what's going on here with uh, with Vanya and with uh, with um, Dave and with Sissy and with Klaus the, yeah, those experiences absolutely. have been out there so it's good that they're telling all of those stories because that's where the tropes always came in this is the complaint we've always had watching shows with representation in there it's always here's a gay couple in episode one by episode three, one of the partners is dead, and by episode five, it's a single gay guy taking revenge for the death of his partner. There you go. We have a representation in here, but that's what they've been doing for 20 years of television. So seeing something new here with these characters, at least we have very different stories being told uh, in here. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think bringing it through the lens of um, the, the 60s as well, it, mm-hmm. it's that it's that parallel uh, view on um, homosexuality, on gender, uh, as it is with race. Uh, this idea of difference being uh, sort of uh, propagandized as being a threat to people uh, in power in society, yeah. and it's yeah, it's it just tackles it so nicely. And yeah, you you get that kind of little added dimension with it coming through. Uh, the lens of the 1960s exactly. um, and certainly uh, I suppose with respect to um, yeah in this case Sissy and Vanya uh, and with Klaus and Dave and and how that plays out as well yeah. uh, in that destructive way exactly exactly thanks so much for that Bob thanks everybody for your feedback two of the little bits of feedback I thought I should share with everybody uh, from the some of the people behind the show I was talking to Stephen Sergic the director of uh, episode two and three of Umbrella Academy because I was asking him about that that moment that we'd seen with Elliot with the magnifying glass over his mouth and looking a little bit like uh, 12 monkeys Stephen responded to me saying uh, a very subtle visual homage but apparently not as subtle as I thought <laughs> <laughs> nice so I was catch. right 
<laughs> you like were. I like it. The reason why I wanted to share that was because we also got a little bit of feedback from the writer of that episode, uh, Jesse McCown, um, just to show that I'm not always right about things as well. <laughs> Jesse says, um, great podcast, guys. Two quick things. Letter Kenny is actually a Canadian show. Uh, not an American show, and Chris, not a New Zealand show. Um, okay. And Mamie Pink is named after Mamie Eisenhower, former uh, First Lady of the United States, who loved pink, and it was a very popular colour at the time to paint your bathroom, Mamie Pink. So there you go. Some yeah. clarification on the things we got wrong for the episode, and a compliment on one thing we got right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, Mamie Pink, I mean, it's just more pink. Like, I was, I kind of remember... I can't remember whose house it was, uh, but just like you could get the bath furniture in pink, like you got it in green really? and like yellow. Yeah, it was awful. Oh, because most people is, is like white there. Yeah. Yeah. White everything. Yeah. Yeah. Classic white. <laughs> <laughs> Clean sheen or whisper white. I recently did my house up, so I have whisper white, gentle blossom white, um, arctic white. Nice. Um, there is uh what was one of the other tests pearl white there was oh there was there there's you know they say 50 shades of gray mm-hmm. no but that's fine 50 shades of gray that's that's kid stuff there's hundreds of shades of white there certainly is that's definitely and they couldn't even have eggshell back in the 60s and they didn't even have white. No, no, <laughs> just, absolutely. Just pink. Thanks so much for that feedback, Jesse, and the prompted feedback to Stephen. Thanks so much for clarifying that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was great to hear that Derek got something wrong. Yes, yes, absolutely. We, <laughs> we, we thought he was infallible. Oh, nobody thinks that. Don't, don't be silly. <laughs> I know. But one final piece of feedback that I'm going to direct at Chris. Final piece of feedback comes from Donald Dennis. Um, says... Are we really going with Brawlies as the fan group designation for Umbrella Academy? Moons have been destroyed for less. Really, I'm good with whatever, but only because I like you guys. The reason why I'm directing this at Chris is because I did tell Donald that I'd asked Chris to put up a post before we started recording asking whether we should go Brawly Dollies or whether we should go Academy Alumni. Academy Alumni being my choice, Brawly Dolly being John's choice. And Chris <laughs> forgot, didn't you, Chris? Forgot, didn't want to see one of my best friends or either of my best friends unhappy, so decided to split it down the middle and go All with right. both. Uh, yes, no, this is 100% on me, Brolly <laughs> alumni, uh, or Dolly alumni, or uh, whatever we want to designate ourselves. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I was supposed to have done this uh, just before we started recording. And, um, yeah, forgot. Oops. But <laughs> the good news is we managed to come to a great, great designation instead. We just used both. There you go. Exactly. There you go. There you go. I'm really sorry, Donald, for, for Brawlies. I was just trying to think of something. Um, I should probably just not think, um, I, oh. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something, you know, kind of unique and so on. But yes, I, and because, um, I think the first time I tried to do Academy alumni in the opening, um, yeah. <laughs> I had to do it about five times and I was like, I'll just say brollies. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and then it became brolly dollies. Um, we should have just called everyone fellow academics. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds a bit too serious. It does yeah. a little. Yeah. 
Fellow students, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's That would have been good, yeah. yeah. But fear not, Donald. We are going, after this show, back to the world of the boys. So we will be landing with boys and girls Mm -hmm. once again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your feedback so far this season. There's still time to send in your thoughts about all of the season, any episode that you've watched. Just mark it with the episode title or pop on to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Pop into the spoiler posts in there and send us in your thoughts and we'll discuss them on our finale, our wrap up episode after we've done our coverage of the finale of uh, Umbrella Academy season two. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much, everyone, and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. It's great to get all your feedback. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep dollying. Are you not going to give them a rating for their feedback, John? A million dollies and brollies out of five. Okay. Yeah. Or a million brollies out of dollies. Wow, all I've got in my head is dolly the sheep. Oh, no. Well, okay, I could say a million dolly mixtures out of five okay yeah I then guess. i bring it on to sweets okay that's, that's but that's only for british people i don't like them that did not make across the way no to the and i don't particularly no. like them oh my god so All that's right. not even a nice sweet so i'm really sorry about that fellow academy alumni uh let's just say um a million reese cups there you out go. of five. Oh yeah like that there we go like that mm. all right mm. we'll talk to you next time for our episode six coverage of umbrella academy season two Bye. Bye.